Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, this is Chatting with Nat. Yes, it's Natalie Jean, it's Natalie Jean. Today we have the honor of having singer-songwriter Bree Carter. Growing up in Monroe, Louisiana, Bree was determined to use the skills she learned in her church choir and from those she loved to bring her dreams of singing country music to life. Bree has quickly established herself in the songwriters community as a smooth and sometimes edgy songstress who melds country, soul, and southern pop into one few style. With a growing catalog of singles, this young singer-songwriter is a welcome addition to the emerging new styles of the country music community. Let's give her a round of applause. Hi, Bree. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Nat? Um, just hanging in, hanging in, hanging in in a pandemic. <laughs> trying to, trying to, <laughs> trying to stay alive. Trying to understand where we are in this world. Trust me, I totally understand that. I think we're all kind of in that boat right now. I mean, the uncertainty and just trying to weave through things and figure out how things are going to be going forward. Yeah, I don't know. Every every day you wake up is like a new variant, moo moo, shoo shoo, lulu. I don't know. I'm just uh, after a while they'll be naming variants after all of us. Um, I just <laughs> it's, it's just it's just crazy. But how have you been doing this entire pandemic? Overall, I've been doing pretty good. I think the biggest thing is not really being able to spend time with your family. And also losing loved ones and, and different people like that. So I think, unfortunately, this pandemic has caused a lot of us to be desensitized. Amen to that. Um, did you do any live streaming? I did. I did some live streaming. I didn't do a whole lot because it just seemed like everything was completely shut down. So the dynamics of everything were just totally different. Um the great thing is that now I'm starting to do some live shows and some live streaming, so that's kind of helping or what have you. Yeah, live streaming was a great tool. I never used to do it until B-Squared Management was like, okay, why don't you try this? And I was like, okay, let me try it. It was really interesting because there you know, there'd be times that there'd be a lot of people, and there would be a few. Then I'd be singing to myself. But then I take that as, you know, a way of practicing my music because as I get older, my God, I can remember everything all. Oh. Mash all my songs together. It's okay. Nobody, nobody, nobody knows. <laughs> I'll throw in some words and just to see if anybody's paying attention. Um, so that was an interesting thing, this live streaming. And it also gave us another avenue if anything else like this happens. Or an additional avenue to be able to express ourselves in music. Now, I ask everyone this question. Uh, during the pandemic, you know, Obviously, we had a year off, kind of, um, and time to self-reflect about, you know, what they wanted to do with their lives. You know, I have colleagues that decided that they were going to, you know, take a step back from work 
They said, I'm going to cut back on hours because they realized what? They weren't spending enough time with their family. Um, some colleagues quit their jobs. I actually read an article that there, there was a great percentage of people that quit their jobs because they wanted to do something that um, made them happy rather than looking for, you know, the money. Um, for sure. With climate change, the weather was just like, what? Mother Nature, the birds, the the animals ran out into the street because nobody was there and in their world. And Mother Nature was like, oh, this is just lovely. It's sad, it's sad that there's a pandemic, but we can breathe out here, y'all. Um, so, uh, you know, an artist, an artist, like I was telling somebody else, uh, one artist I know took all her music down. She wanted to rebrand everything. Um, and so, and some people wanted to be more an effective player with their music. They want to make a difference. So during this pandemic time, this downtime, did you think about um, how you want to be perceived as an artist? Um, did anything change? Did everything, did things just stay the same for you? Well, you know what? It's something you say that I heard about. I hear people always talking about, oh, we had all this downtime. Yeah. You can hone in on your, your craft a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Everyone didn't, unfortunately, everyone didn't have that downtime, like being an essential worker too, like music right. is, first and foremost in my love, but when the bills have to be paid, when you're not able to do shows and you're not able to be out there, it makes a huge difference because you still have mortgages to pay. You still have to take care of your family. And although, you know, in a sense, work stops for a lot of people and the world is kind of at a standstill, so to speak, it was like, no, I I think during this pandemic and other areas, I was forced to work even more so that was kind of hard, you know, and I have friends that were like, oh, my goodness, I had a chance to do this. I got a chance right. to write all these songs. And I got a chance to write and do those things. But for me, life didn't life, life didn't slow down. It just seemed like it picked up even picked up. more because just having responsibilities of, of helping your, your parents and, and family mm-hmm. and close friends and what have you, when people depend on you, it's just like, okay, yeah, you guys get to take a break. But if I'm being, you know, real with myself, I can't afford to take a break because when all this is over – Okay, and unfortunately, there people are dealing with it now with the eviction moratorium coming to an end, and some people still aren't working, and you know the unemployment benefits running running out for many. So I had to at that point take a step back and and take a huge leap forward to kind of do something else to kind of help supplement my income. So then I would still be able to to do my music, my love, and my heart. So it was just a little different for me. I think as an artist, I still have the same thoughts about myself. I wanted eventually someday I'd love to be a household name. I, I I want to make a difference. I want to leave my footprint truly. And I know a lot of people truly say this. Being in the military in the past, I think that unfortunately there's a ton of vets out there. Once you sign on the dotted line for good, for bad, for worse, for ugly, whatever, when you come back home, whether it's been war, whether you've done your time in or whether you've gotten booted out, whatever the case may be, it's like there's nothing left for these people and my heart just totally goes out and it really melts. So as an artist, one of my platforms is going to be to kind of do something more for the veterans. So it's just just amazing just to see how things are. And then just mental health. Just mental health is huge, especially with having to deal with this pandemic. You know, losing loved ones, not being able to see your family, not being able to see your friends. And I think one of the things that has just gotten to me the most with this pandemic is that Mm -hmm. as humans, we're, we're individuals where touch is essential, where it's important. Where the hug is kind of gone gone away, the handshake, you know, the touch, and everyone's yeah. a six six feet six foot dif- uh, distance, and even 
even more and everyone's afraid of this that or the other and i just think that without there being touch and without there being the the communing or the you know and the the true full affection with one another as individuals whether it's family friends strangers and what have you i think it's just it's just caused a, a greater rift in the world and i think mm-hmm. all of that saddens me even the more so i just want to as an artist i want to figure out how i what i can do help bridge the gap with some of that um, because music sees no colors. It sees no, there's no racial lines. There's no um, economic status or any of that music is music and it's, and it's universal. So I, I, I think I still want to do something along those lines where I, where I can make a difference. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a beautiful thing because a lot of people out there, you know, and I don't, you know, I would say 50%, you know, everybody wants to be in the same game and stuff like that. And wants to, obviously we want to make money. Um, but I think it's more important when you can make a difference with your, your music somehow. And it doesn't have to be a social impact thing, but it can be, you know, something about love or something about depression or whatever that really affects right. the I am, um, <clears throat> during the pandemic, I was working, um, but I was working from home. So, um, but the piggyback off of what you said about helping others, um, I was with my mom and my uncle. So I was helping them do all these, get these PPP. Uh-huh. Their unemployment. Oh, child, I don't even don't get me started with the unemployment. <laughs> oh, mm, exactly. Gasoline. Girl, mm. that mess. Gasoline, because if I tell you how many hours I logged in on the phone trying to get through the unemployment, it it was ridiculous. I mean, it was, it's just a stressful situation. It just, I mean, oh, Girl, yes. Too much, too much, too much. And yes, I, I agree with you about writing songs for the veterans. I, I wrote a song last, was it last or the year before last about um, homeless veterans. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's truly sad how we in America treat our veterans. Um, mm-hmm. And even with something like, and I'll, I'll touch on the vaccine, vaccines just a little bit here. Um, I'm not a person that wanted to get vaccinated. I don't want that crap in my system. But I did it so that American America can move on and so that I can travel. Yeah, I, I need to get out of there. Um, and, but it's, it's funny to me how people will praise military people. And, you know, they say, yeah, you know, these men, women, dogs, whatever, they go out and they save our lives, save our freedom and stuff like that. Yet these are the same people that are refusing to get vaccinated to save the freedom of Americans to prevent Americans from dying in the United States. While I do understand uh, why people don't want it, I didn't want it, <laughs> still don't want it. For sure. But it's in my system. And I respect people not wanting it. But in order to move forward, because I'm, I'm tired of staying at home, I'm tired of wearing a mask, and I'm sure a lot of people are tired of masks. Right. Girl, I can't even breathe half the time sometimes when I have a mask. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I need to take a break. And it's just like, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, We need to move forward. And so, you know, while people praise others for sacrificing their lives, we too have to make some sacrifices for the people around us. I mean, how long can we stay? Amen. Can I say amen? I heard. Can I I say amen? I heard (laughs) amen. That's my little tidbit on that. Now. How important is it for you to be an authentic artist? You know, just speak your You know, it's very, you know what, it's very, very, very important. Um, 
And the reason that it's important, and let me say this, put it out there first. I'm not a saint. Girl, all of us have made mistakes. I've made probably my share and probably some someone else's share of mistakes as well, you know, growing up and, and just going through life and what have you. Mm-hmm. But it's very important to me because life, one, I just think it's it's so precious. And I only have – I'm. It's, it's taken a long time, I'll be honest, for me to embrace and celebrate my quirkiness, you know, mm. my, my upbringing, how I am and what have you. And I can laugh at myself. I'm like, oh, I'm such a cornball, ha, ha, ha. And before I would have been kind of shying away from that or kind of, you know, feeling a certain way. But you know what? It's me and it's, an, it's authentically me and I'm not the cool cat, so to speak, or the, the super cool person. And I am a giver and I'm a nurturer and all those things. And, you know, and sometimes being burned, I'm like, okay, do I really want to be this person? But then, because I do have a strong foundation in God and in church and what have you growing up. And as an adult, it's my choice to continue to serve God because I do know without him, I wouldn't be here. So I do, you know, I don't try to push my beliefs off on anybody, but as for, you know, scripture says, that's for me in my house. Well, as for, I can't speak for anyone else. As for me, I'm serving the Lord. Because I, I would just wouldn't be here without him. So that's just so important for me. And with that being important, it doesn't mean that in reality I'm human. So I, I, I've made mistakes. I probably will make more mistakes. But I try to make sure that, you know, and I did a, I, I wrote a message the other day because I'll get up in the morning, I'll pray, I'll meditate. And then right. I read a couple of scriptures and I'm like, okay, Lord, what's the message? What do you want me to tell people today? And the message that was from yesterday was pretty much know who you are. And mm-hmm. we need to know who we are, whose we are, who we belong to. And instead of us believing what maybe society has told us, or maybe someone said, oh, you're not good enough, you're nothing, whatever, don't be- don't believe all of that hype. Know who you are inside, true and true. And And I just think once you realize that you are special, that you are important, there's no one else out there. And I heard a sermon this morning as I was in the shower getting ready and stuff like that to get out for the day. And it said, you know what, when you think about it, there are no two snowflakes that are the same. No two grains of salt are the same. No two grains of pepper are the same. Right. I am different. There's no one else out there like me. There, there may be similarities, but there's no one else that's me. And it's taken a long time, but, girl, you know what, I'm I'm happy to be me. And Amen. I, I kind of, it's, huh? <laughs> Amen. Crazy. I kind of I say, you know, and I heard this from a friend years ago, but, it's kind of my motto now. Um, you hear people say, well, I'm just going along with the program or I'm just such and such. My big thing now is go where you're celebrated. Be where you're celebrated with the people, what have you, where you're celebrated and not tolerated. I don't want somebody to just tolerate. Screw that. I want, I want to be celebrated because I'm going to celebrate you and everyone that's in, in my world and everyone's, you know, unique difference. I agree with you 100%. What was it about the music business that made you say, whoa, this is me. I've got to do this. Is this something that you heard? Is this something that you saw? Gave you that, you know, it just gave you that signal that this is what, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You know what? I actually, growing up in the church, so I grew up uh, in the church choir, uh, being from Louisiana originally. All my aunts, our church, Lone Star Missionary Baptist Church, it's still there. Um Everyone in the family, all of my mom's siblings, everyone was in the choir. My grandmother was in the choir. My grandfather could sing, but he wasn't in the choir. He was a deacon. He was on the deacon board. 
and cousins that could sing. I never really found my voice as I was getting older. But mm-hmm. when I take a step back, when I lived, and, and my story also is kind of like from, from the bayou to the bay, and then mm-hmm. back to the bayou. So I lived in Louisiana, moved to the West Coast, L.A., San Francisco, was also in Oregon for a while. And then parents, unfortunately, divorced, separated. And then my mom and I moved back, you know, down south, back to Louisiana. So I, that's why I kind of say from the bayou to the bay and back to the bayou. So with saying that, just the the upbringing and the things that I've seen, it's, I, I just think it's just made a, a huge difference. Okay. Yeah. I mean, whew, let me tell you. Music is beautiful thing. Music is such a beautiful thing. You know what? So music, when I say it's universal, so I listen to all types of music growing up. But the other thing, um, I have people in my family that were like distant cousins that my mom, that my my mom and my aunts that they knew growing up. Because I remember being a little girl and my mom, like um, Melvin, and he went by the name of Blue of the Temptations. That was my mom's, I think, her second cousin or something. So okay. when they, when we lived in California, my mom used to always go to the Temptations, go to the concerts, all this stuff. And they actually, they all used to keep in touch. So it was just amazing, you know, with his deep baritone, his deep baritone voice. Um, and amazing. And then other people in the Detroit area on my grandma's side that were in the music industry, I think it was just something. And my mom always had a beautiful voice, and she'd sing. And sometimes I'm like, okay, mom, you're singing enough, you're singing enough. But in 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 true, in true, in being true to myself, I love to hear her sing, my aunts and everyone else. But I didn't find my niche in it, so I kind of strayed away. I did dance, I did public speaking. But then when my biological father passed away, it was just like you're supposed to do this because it was always something itching in me. Because I even mm-hmm. said it when I was in college, they were like, if you could do anything, what would, would it be? It was always something like I would be an actress, thought about being a lawyer at some point in time. Um, but then I said, no, I'd love to be a country singer. And it brings me back to that time when I was like seven years old living in San Francisco when fear was not part of my vocab- vocabulary. And I, and I just didn't care because as kids, as little kids, we do things more unafraid and we take chances and what have you. I remember being on stage, girl, singing. Gloria Gaynor, I will survive. And it just, you know, and I, I can still picture now seeing mm-hmm. that little girl, seeing, seeing me and that little girl today. So I knew back then at seven years old that I wanted to do it, but I didn't find the strength to do it until I think my biological father passed away. And I just started learning more and more stuff about my dad, my family, and then just kind of, you know, sometimes we bury things deep below trauma and different things that we've gone through and what have you. And I just kind of started kind of digging things back up and and resurfacing things and, you know, and asking questions and just learning more. And I just knew this is why all these years, because I heard people say, oh, country music, why do you want to do country? And I'm (laughs) like, first of all, I'm from the country. I've always, my mom's like, I've always loved boots since I could wear shoes. I've always wanted these little cowgirl boots or cowboy boots. So I've always loved boots. It's always been a part of of who, who, who I am. So as an adult, now, now I'll probably, maybe a little excessive. I have over a hundred pair of cowgirl boots, but nonetheless, I love, I love, I love my boots. I, I, I love my boots. So it's just, it's just amazing. So I think it's always been there. And then as of late, people are like, why country, why country? And I'm like, it's not that I chose country. Country is in me. It's in my veins. It's in my blood. It's, it's who I am. So I have to be true to who I am. 
and not stray away to what society thinks I should be in neo-soul, R&B, or jazz, or blues, and all these other things. I have to be what's true to myself and what's inside of me. So it's it's country music. So, yeah, so here I am today, and I've quit corporate America to do music full-time. Things have gotten really expensive because um, as an entrepreneur, it takes money to, to make money and, and uh, to pour into myself because I've just made a lot of sacrifices for friends and family in my life. I do music now for me and to be able to give back to others. So now, and I've never been a selfish person, but when it comes to my music, I've chosen to be, I've chosen to be selfish once in my life, but Hey, you know what? You invest and do so much for everyone else. You know what? This is about you right now. And you know what? If you don't do it for you, honestly, no one else is going to do it. It goes back to what we were talking about. Love, 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 love. We need more love. During the pandemic, wrote a song called Breakout Love. So I think love is important, but at the same time, if you're not loving on yourself, you can't expect anyone else to love and embrace you too. Amen. That's kind of where I am. Appreciate it. No, loving. <laughs> it's true. I always say that. You know, I, I post these um, inspirational quotes every single day. And, when I, and during a week, I was posting about loving yourself. If you can't love mm-hmm. yourself, don't expect anybody else to love you because it comes from you first. Comes from right. You. Same way with music. If you don't love the music you're putting out there, don't expect anybody to love it too. Because it's the energy that right. you're putting music. You listen, I, I tell people, if you can't listen to your song on repeat for a hundred times, don't put it out. I can do that. Right. I can listen to all my music all the time. Girl, right. Years. Me too. Look. And I'm talking about my music. I'm, I'm, right. to I'm like, oh, I want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, look, I'll lose the YouTube videos. I said, oh, no, no, you did your thing. Yes, I talked to the TV. And I said, yeah, right. Natalie. Yes, it's okay um, to uplift yourself. No, I agree with you 100%. Now, let's talk about country music. Because country music and black people <clears throat> are coming to, <laughs> um, we're coming to another level now. Now, we've always been there, always been there probably in the shadows, but we've always been there. I mean, there's several black artists, uh, country artists that right. have been in the forefront, but now we've had to fight to get to the forefront because you know how things are. Anyway, <laughs> um, so, you know, the whole deal with Morgan, let's talk about Morgan Wallen. Here's the thing. Mm. Yeah, I said, uh, I said, uh, with you. Just uh, a good old boy. It's a good old boy, uh, never meaning no harm. That song so up. That, that whole th- I didn't even know who he was, to be honest with you. And when the whole thing happened, you know, I went on Instagram and um, I saw this woman talking, apparently was his sister, Ashlyn Wallen. And I made a comment on some something that somebody said. And, uh, and then she came back and she said something to me. And then we private messaged and we had this long conversation to the point we ended up exchanging emails and we're, we were supposed to work on this project, but um, she, she's been busy and I've been busy. Um, so I gave her a certain point of view of things because the people were on her page were becoming very nasty on both sides. And wow. I don't use that word. It is the bad. I don't use it either. Resistance. What? And I try to explain to her what blacks don't understand, because I started with the black side. The blacks that use it, mm-hmm. 
is that they've been conditioned to believe that about themselves. They will never be able to change the word. Um, There's a history attached to it. And I said, black people, for, for what I know, are the only race that would pick a name that is so derogatory towards them to uplift them, which doesn't make any damn sense. Now, the people that called them that in the beginning knew what they were doing because in the 21st century, why would this world word still exist? It makes no sense. Who's who's Mm. kept it? Yes, white people use it, all kinds of people here. But I also mostly blame black people for keeping it here because they've kept it alive. By calling their brothers, by calling their brothers, by doing this, by doing that. Time when other races say nobody should be saying it. Period. I don't care. Oh, I was drunk. This that you know you shouldn't be saying. You said it. Well, you know what? Wait, wait. Stop there before you finish your thought. I was drunk saying it. A drunken mouth speaks a sober mind. We Mm. all know that when you're drunk, when you're inebriated, you know your inhibitions are a little bit lower. Sometimes it's unfortunate. Sometimes your truth comes to light. Your yeah, truth will right. come to light. You, you'll, you'll speak your mind. You'll speak your peace. You know, good, bad, ugly, whatever it is, you will, you will speak it, and you'll, you'll, you'll let loose, and you'll let go. So it makes a huge difference. But when yeah. people I hear, because I, I don't use it either, but I'm, I've heard people use it, and I think the thing of it is, and, and my thing is, you know what? Any color, any technically any race could be an N-word. Because right. it's someone that's right. dumb and illiterate, dumb, ignorant, and illiterate. So mm-hmm. with saying that, you know what? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's, it's, when, when Morgan did that, Morgan was being one of those things. When yeah, he was and, behaving like that. That's the unfortunate yeah. thing. So any, any, so I, I think it's just it's crazy. But some people are like, oh, don't forgive him. Don't such and such. You know what everybody, my philosophy is everyone makes mistakes. Let them learn from his mistakes. People need to learn. What are people doing so then they, they're more aware of their situation? Do they go back behind closed doors and act like this didn't happen, this didn't happen and, oh, yeah, he did it? Because the things that people say, words mm-hmm. are so powerful. Words are so powerful. And That's words right. can breathe life into someone or they can kill someone. They can really damage and hurt someone. So we have to, we have to be careful. And if your words, if you've done things with your words that have caused, you know, distraught and, and turmoil to other people's lives, it's it's for you to come to them and apologize and be sincere. And it's for you to learn, figure out what you need to do so you don't repeat those things and not try to hurt people. Because in music, with music being universal and everyone loving music, why would you want to say and do things to hurt other people that's derogatory towards other people? That's not right. No, it isn't right. And some people are upset with this cancel culture. I'm here for it. I'm sorry. There are consequences to every action. Yes, there's forgiveness, but there's consequences to every action, and people just have to understand that. Um, and I also tell people that, you know, I'm tired of complaint, complacent black people are just like, no, I don't want them arrested. No, I want them arrested underneath the jail. I don't care. I, I'm a person. I, you're going to lose everything because you know darn well if you say something to me and it's derogatory, racist, or whatever, there are consequences for that stuff. I cannot right. deal with complacent. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I can forgive them in my heart, but they're going to jail. I'm not. No, because the thing is, what what we're seeing in our lifetime is that these same people are the same offenders. Before, oh no, no, I'm not. I'm not the oh no time. I'm sorry, I just can't do it. 
um, because people will continuously make those same mistakes because they're not put in a position where they can lose everything. They're just not. Exactly. So, so what do you think should be? What do you think? What do you think the music role? And I know they took his music off the radio for a while, off the air. Now he's back touring. What do you think in your heart of hearts? Since you say this is a real talk, what do you think he should be doing right now? Do you think he should still be allowed to do music? What, what, I mean, what are your thoughts? I, I think he should still be able to do music. The thing is, I'd rather a person say, you know what, I used it, the way that I used it was exactly the way that I used it, period. Own up to your, your mistakes. Own up, own up right. to your being. Just own up to it. Should When I say I, I agree with the cancel culture, I think everybody should get what they, what, they, oh, what they sow, what they reap, whatever. They should get that at that moment because he said it. He did it. Yes. Did he make a mistake? Yes. Should he be forgiven? Yes. But... At the same time, I'm sure he was aware that what he said was wrong. And so people need right. to be made accountable for that. Should he continue to do music? Yes, because there's a year from now and nobody's going to care. And this is the way America works. The more bad press you get, the more press you're going to get. And made him even more press for a famous. I didn't know who he was until this happened. Now he's all over the right. place. If he plays music somewhere and people just are so disgusted, he's still getting famous off of, of, off of this. So, okay, he's met with the yeah. NAACP and all these different people, and he's gone through the wire and doing this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. Hopefully, he has learned from the situation, and we can move on from the situation. You know, and the reason being that he should be allowed to do music is because, yeah, okay, he said it was a mistake. Let's to get, go at his word. And the other problem is, is that you have all these black people using the N-word in their songs, which I, I, just, I, right. don't, I don't understand why they do it. Here's, here's another problem for me. If yeah. you, put it in the, you put it in the song, and then you don't want certain people to do it, to sing it. I'm sorry, boo Right. You, so it's okay if I say it, but you, but y'all can't see it. But then I want okay, but cause right. you know who's buying the music. Who's buying so, the music? With them right. saying that. So, we know who's buying the music. I, I, yeah, I was telling my uncle yesterday, okay, if they're going to do, my uncle's like, well, it's the fault of people buying them. No. I said, if I'm going to buy the song, I'm singing every last word. And if you don't want me to sing it, don't put put it in the song or give me 20 right. cents or give me a percentage back of what I paid. Because you shouldn't be able right. to tell me, I bought your music. Don't tell me what to do. Don't no, you're me. right. You're right. And yeah, it, it's it's a... It's two sides. It's two sides to that coin. And, yeah. You know, I guess for me, I would wish. You know, I, I think you should be able to do music, but I, I wish there was some sort of pro. You know how they have mm-hmm. anger management and things like that. Yeah. I wish there was some sort of program. Let him come and spend. Let him come and spend a month with me and my family, like not in Nashville, but like back mm-hmm. home where you're in the midst. So then you really yeah. can feel and embrace the culture and be a part of it if you're that. If they're if you're that unaware of things, but I I think if it you know what it goes back to what you said at the end too, love is gonna prevail, and unfortunately things aren't necessarily always equal for mm-hmm. this race or this race or what have you, you know it's hard comparing apples to oranges. So mm-hmm. I think you have to you have to move on if you want if you want yeah. things to be better for this set of people, you gotta move on and let this be better for this person. So unfortunately it, it, it becomes a, it becomes a give and take, but you know how they have, like I said, like they have um, anger management and all these other courses. I think it would be good just if he could have, and it's something because we started to reach out to him just right. to 
to see if that was a possibility. And we didn't we don't necessarily have to do a song together, but just to see whatever's in his back of his mind. And I don't know how he grew up, so I can't say that. Right. Hey, you know that is a very hurtful thing. That's a hurtful word that you use, and you know what? You should be celebrating, you know, all races, all colors, all ethnicities, because we're all wonderful and uniquely made, and just celebrating everyone. So I grew up, you know, not seeing color, you know, and kids could be horrible. I got called zebra. I got called Oreo, all these other things, because I learned what love is, universal love. Love is not the color of someone's skin. You know, and I remember growing up, my grandma was like, you know what, baby, she's just like, sometimes, and it's real, as an adult, I see it. Sometimes your own people are worse than you to you than your own, you know, than your own blood could be worse to you than a stranger or something. So you base it on how people treat you, not by the color of someone's skin. Just because someone is black or someone's brown or whatever the case, and their skin looks like yours, it doesn't mean that they're going to be down for you or have your best interest, uh, intentions you know, at heart. So you have to look at how people are treating you. So I look at that and my grandma's just like, whatever you do, be the best person. And I think just my foundation, it's like you can't, and I tell people, Hey, when you're mad or you're dealing with whatever, you have to guard your words because when those words go out there, baby, you put them out in the ether and that's, that's what they are. And now you're, you're backpedaling, you're trying to apologize, but the words that you've spoken have done so much damage to other people. So now you got to do damage control and now you got to make up and try to get that trust back. And sometimes people get it back, and sometimes people will never get it back. So it's just That's something. True. Now, how do you feel about uh, black people in general in the country music scene? Do you think that we're on the rise? Do you think we're in the back? Or do you think we're in the middle? I have, you know, I follow Reese Palmer, and she started a Color Me Country Foundation organization, which has been great. Um, but mm-hmm. where do you, where do you see blacks in the country music scene? Because I think it's still somewhat of an uphill battle. Girl, I I personally think it still is an uphill battle. Um, the sad thing is that you know, unfortunately, some people, some country people that love country music think that blacks maybe not may not belong mm-hmm. in that in that genre of music or whatever. But the banjo, the history of the banjo from Africa, and all these things, when you look at the instrumentation. When you look at the storytelling, you look at the soul that's embedded down in the roots of what country music is, it's, you can't deny blacks being a part of it. I think blacks are slightly on the rise. There are a ton of blacks that are going forward right now, which I think is great. Go for it, your passion, your dream, and what have you. But I think it's still, it's, it's, we're, we're not to the mountains. As they say, we're not to the mountaintop yet. It still is an uphill battle. I think that maybe some people are, and that someone, this guy actually had a conversation with me the other day, and he was just like, I think it's great. They have all these black people. Every time you turn around, all these black people are putting out country music. They're doing this, that, the other, and I think it's really great. But at the same time, he made the statement that I think labels are picking, okay, I got one. I got one. I got two over here. Okay, I got one here. Okay, I got my one and what have you. So I, I think the floodgates still aren't open. I think there's still a lot of work to do. I think that, you know, all black artists out there just continue to, you know, hopefully people are doing it for the right reasons. Right. Unfortunately, I think some people aren't doing it for the right reasons. I think some people think that, hey, this is a great opportunity since there aren't black there. Let me go in and hop on the bandwagon. Um, so I think that makes a difference for the people that it's their passion and it's their life. It's who they are. 
um, I think that um, they just got to stay true to their to their faith, stay true to their craft. And I think, you know, hopefully in this lifetime, the doors will open for them, even even for myself. It's a struggle, but I refuse to give up because I know that it's something inside of me and I'm supposed to do it. And just my upbringing, how I am with saying, hey, this is music. There's no color. This is my life. I don't see color. I see people, individuals, how they treat me, how they respond. I, I just think those things are so much more important. I just think that we also, in my own opinion, that we, we still have more work to do. But I'm happy to see that more and more black people are getting involved in country music. It is their passion. And I, I think I would probably like to see just more unity because mm. we are the minority and we are the minority in country music. And it just seems like maybe there's maybe not as much unity or what have you. And, you know, we're all trying to get it, but let's, I don't know. It's just something about um, there's unity and there's power in numbers, you know, and, yep. and working together and standing together that it can make a huge, it can make a difference. And celebrating every country artist their each their own unique individuality because we're we're all different you know i heard someone say oh well wait a minute are you jealous of this person they sing a little better or what about this person they're doing this you know what i'm in my own lane i don't have time to worry about this person or that person's doing i have to worry about myself and honing on my skill my craft my instrument my voice and just getting better i'm not worried about what this or that one's doing I just want to be the best that I can be and just break barriers in my lane and what I'm supposed to be doing. Amen to that. Now we're going to play your song, Kiss an Angel Good Morning. Tell us what that's about. Oh, Kiss an Angel Good Morning. Oh, my goodness. When I redid this song um, less than a year ago, I was super psyched about it because my dad used to sing it when I was a little girl. Uh, growing up in Oregon, around the house, Kiss Angel, Good Morning, he sing all the Charlie Pride songs, Mr. Charlie Pride songs. And I was just hoping, I knew I wanted to remake one of his songs because he was just very influential in country mm. music for, for black artists. You know, he broke right. barriers and what have you. So I was super psyched about doing it. And then I was hoping that someday I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this song. I'm going to put it out. Someday Mr. Charlie, Mr. Charlie Pride is going to hear it. And then he's going to want to perform the song with me. Lo and behold, unfortunately, by the time it was time for, by the time it gotten mixed and mastered, unfortunately, he passed away due to COVID. So it's like, okay, those childhood dreams and all of those dreams were kind of shattered and what have you, but it's a, it's a tribute and it's a rendition to him, but I've just made it just a little bit more modern and I've used my, my own voicing. So it's, it's me, but it is truly a tribute um, to the late, great Mr. Charlie Pride. Kiss an angel, good morning. All right, let's play it.
that's easy for me because I'm so analytical and I've just been in the corporate world my whole life and in the military and, and just working so hard and doing so much. When I'm doing music, I feel free. So mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that I, I feel free that, that that's what's most, that's what's most important. And when I'm doing music, I truly, it, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a two edged sword mm-hmm. because it's kind of, it's a good thing that I get lost in music, but I can't forget about the world and responsibilities and things, but I love music that I, that it's, it's like at that point in time, that it's, that's all that matters. What is the one thing you wish you had learned or known before you entered the music industry? Um, I probably wish I would have saved a lot more money. That's one of the things that would have been really nice. Um, <laughs> Because everything is so expensive when you're doing it you're on your own as an independent and you don't have investors. Um, and, I mean, you, you have to – you invest in other people. You're investing in yourself, so you're, you're, you're pouring life savings. And I, I tell people there's no guarantee, and the only guarantee any of us have, I don't care, relationship, life, work, or whatever, the only guarantee any of us have is that someday we're going to leave this earth, we're going to die. So that is the only guarantee. So no one can can make false promises or what have you. When you just you just trust in 
you trust in God, you you, you trust in the higher, higher power. If he's leading you that, that all of the things that you're doing, that it won't be in vain, all of your sacrifices and what have you, it won't be in vain. But I, I, I wish I would have saved more money. I wish maybe I would have had a business plan for the music and maybe try to find some investors or something. I agree with you on that one. <laughs> um, yes, yes, so what's, what's next for you? Oh, I'm glad you asked that, Nat. Do you like to call Nat or Natalie or both? Call me whatever you want. <laughs> All right. Well, right, I'm going to call you Nat then. <laughs> okay. um, I think I was going to say Natalie, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Nat since I'm chatting with Nat. Um, All right. Then the thing that's next for me is radio promotion. That's the – it's not the ultimate. It's one of the ultimate things. That's That's the next go-to. So I've I've done some stream I've done the live streaming I've done streaming on the um, on Spotify on the platforms and what have you um, I'm trying to work my TikTok the other thing I got to work my TikTok so y'all please go follow me on TikTok Bree Carter one B R E I C R T E R one I, I need some I need some help there on TikTok I'm just trying to learn that platform but the next big thing honestly in all seriousness is is radio promotion. And going to radio, ideally music row, and going to the main radio stations being played, um, not just internet radio and, and other things like that. So I'm I'm going all the way with that, right. and I'm planning a radio tour. You know, going to radio station tour, so going to different radio stations and what have you, just to kind of promote promote myself. That's really good. Um, have you ever thought about using? Uh, play MPE or CDX Nashville for your radio promotion? Girl, get out my head. So I'm now, by the grace of God, I guess if I can, let me give them kudos and press. So I've done by, uh, with Steam Whistle Records, I've done um, CDX before. So now with grassroots promotions or grassroots productions or media out of Nashville, we are okay. now, um, we're going to do Play MPE. I have a great publicist, Mr. Um, Jason Ashcraft, what have you. So through him and his support and working with um, grassroots, we're actually we're, we're going that route. So we're we're going we're going all the way now. So now we're gonna, as they say, you know how you play the minor minor leagues. Mm-hmm. I think now I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to take my way to the major leagues now. I'm trying to play with, with the big boys and girls, so to speak. And you can, and you can do it. You can do it. I use um, I've used both by MPE and CDX Nashville on several uh-huh. of my songs. Uh, but you're right. You definitely need to do have a budget to be able to do all that. And as for TikTok, uh, let me tell you, I did a webinar seminar this past uh, pandemic last year, and they were saying how you need to do five videos a day. Who who oh. has time? to do five videos a day. I, I haven't done one in a while. I need to do one too. But what they said is that um, the, the, the videos that are most popular are the authentic ones. They say people gravitate to real people. So I think that's fantastic. I have a friend that she manages her son and they actually take three hours, I think, a day just to do TikTok videos. And by doing that... wow. He got 30,000 followers. And I said, good for you. Natalie, Nat, <laughs> uh, don't let it be time to do uh, three, uh, three videos, five videos a day, trying to come up with stuff. To say. I mean, I have me and my music. I also have my kittens on there. 
for now they're one years old now, but um doing stuff and I had and oh I forced my mom to get on there with me when the pandemic started. I like we're doing this. Um so yeah, no one understand you when it comes to TikTok. I really didn't want to do TikTok until Birdie from B Squared was like, you know, Natalie, you need to get on there, blah blah and I was like, Well, right. We have to do it. Yeah, it's it's annoying. Um, we have what people don't understand with this music business is that we have to be on every darn platform that there is and post every day. You have TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Clubhouse and all this stuff. And a friend of mine just posted on Facebook that, you know, when you're posting, you try not to just post just to post, you know, post some real content. And another people uh people that Nikki and I um interviewed the other day, they were saying this promotional company, how if you're posting on several platforms, you should not post the same thing on each platform. Now, I listen, I cannot come up with six things. Well, right now I could probably because I have six or seven singles come out, but I have like two million different things to say on several different platforms. I just don't. I could say, why am I on here? It's just so everybody needs to understand that you're getting into the music business. It's a lot of work, especially. Oh, if you're girl, in a- it's a lot of work. Have anybody so not before. only social media before you get into your music, it's studio time. It's Ooh. vocal, vocalizing, okay. vocal practice. It's yeah. your writing, making sure you're staying in tune with that. It's right? about music. It's about mental health. We said Ooh. earlier, keeping yourself together mentally. Spiritually, physically, I mean, it's it's diet and make sure you're eating right. It's making sure you're getting enough rest. It's make sure making sure you're nurturing the right relationships. And yeah, it's girl, it's yeah, the the it's it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot. We could write a book about this mess. Now, what is the one quote or message that you use, like to use on a daily basis to push yourself if you use one? You know, there. are there, there are several things probably that I use, um, and it's in one of the songs. One of my friends is, um, I think it's Annie Oakley, um, mm. and it, I think it's kind of like well-behaved women. They rarely make history. So mm. you know what? Sometimes you got to shake things up. You can't be afraid, and 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 you got to you got to do it afraid. And another thing, love so hard that it hurts. G- give it your all. I mean. It's not really love if if it if it doesn't hurt at some point in time, so to speak. And that's not in a negative way, but it's right. when you love so hard that you're willing to risk things for that love, whether it's you know the love of a relationship, love of your career, your music, love of a a family member. You you love hard and you love unconditionally, and, and you give whatever that thing, or you, you you give it your all because there's nothing promised to any of us. And then just trying to, I remember being younger, like in high school and even college. My big thing was, it was a scripture, Philippians, I think it's 4 and 16. I can do all things through Christ with strength in me. So I have to now, I've kind of gone back to that, putting it in my mind, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And, you know, someone told me recently, because I say, oh, I'm trying, oh, I'm trying. Uh, 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 uh. We take trying out of our vocabulary. Oh, I'm doing. Because since words have so much power, we don't try to do something, we do it. Now, it may take you a little longer to get there, but we're not trying. We're, do, we're doing. So, and then I remember um, uh, Prince Board from Black Eyed Peas uh, 
not last summer, but the summer before when I did a camp um, in L.A., he was just talking about, you know, when you when you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So that's something that stayed in my head. It's like I don't I don't want to get ready for a show. I want to already be ready for the show. I want to already be in that that space and that mindset. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying hard just to to like I said, not competing against the next person, but competing with myself just to make sure that I'm giving my all and that I'm that I am being the best that I can be. Or as the army says, be all that you can be. That I'm being all that I can be, so to speak. Amen. I love it. Well, <laughs> this has been awesome. I love having you on Chatting with Nat. I can't wait to see what else you have in store for the country music scene because you're about to blow up. You better blow Yes, up. I receive it. Yes, speak it to me, girl. Speak it. Speak it. Nat, say it. Your <laughs> name is going to be in light because we're both breaking down those boundaries. I know what it's like, you know. Yeah, thank you, Nat Lord. On- I'm an Americana slash country, and I'm, you know, I just won Best Americana Artist in this uh, music awards thing. But um, I, I'm, you know, I'm doing it. We're we're both going to do it. We're we're both going to we're rise. We're going to do it. So wait, are you going to be in Nashville next week? So I won't be in Nashville, but I'm going to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, um, Thursday okay. for the Josie Music Awards. But awesome, awesome. But the next time I'm in Nashville, I'll definitely um, email you and contact you. So we can- Girl, we better connect. I'm look. I'm sending you my personal number. You better stay in touch with. Look, I'm your new sister. I'm, look, I'm your. Co- I'm from Louisiana. I'm your new cousin. <laughs> That's right. No, listen. I'm up. I'm up for all kinds of collaborations and doing things together. So let's definitely talk. I think. I think we can make beautiful music together. Um, I and completely I- agree. So I'm with. I'm wishing you blessings, love, and light, and great success on your continued journey. Oh, you too. You too. I know you're listen. Light. Your name is Light at the CMA. Yes, girl. Get out my head. (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to play at the Central Music Festivals and do all that thing. Yeah, they're going to know your name. They're going to say, who's that? Who? Yes. Bree Carter, everybody. Thank you, Bree, for being Chatting with Nat, that's a singer-songwriter, Brie Carter. She's amazing. She has a beautiful voice. She's talented. And she also speaks her truth. She's not afraid to be who she is. And she wants to heal the world. And she's breaking down barriers. Hell, we don't need those barriers because we're doing our thing. And Brie Carter is doing her thing. From my lips to God's ears, her name is already in light. Thank you, Brie. Thank you, Nat. I appreciate it. Be safe, okay? All right. Have Bye. a nice That was this you is getting singer somebody Bree Carter. Follow her. Google her. Just get to know her. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. <laughs>